Hello there. It's them. Blast them. Roger, roger. We're doomed. What have we done? This is madness. I got a bad feeling about this. Recording, and we have sound. Yay, take two. Oh my gosh. You guys don't know this, but this is take two for us because my computer just had a moment. A few moments. Oh my God. Yeah, I'm so sorry, Max. Uh. She's going to throw her computer across the room. I'm not. It's very expensive. (laughs) I feel like I I want to. I want to, but it's very expensive and I use it for work. That's fair. Um, that's fair. Yay. Welcome back, guys. We already did this, but we're going to do it again because we love you so much. Oh, my gosh. This is what happens when we take a week off. Well, we didn't take a week off. Well, the podcast didn't take a week off. We took a week off. No, you took a week off. Yeah. uh Yeah. I did not take a week (laughs) off because I still had to edit the podcast because I procrastinated. That's fair. (laughs) And I was like, fuck it. I can do it next week. And then I was like, ah, crap. Damn it. (laughs) Yeah. Oh yes, but now we're both ants. Yes. 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 We are both yes. ants to the cutest, the cutest. Oh, we are the was... cutest little nieces in the world. Because who run the world? Girls. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> facts. yes. Facts on facts. Yes. So now we have the little, the two new little rebels, Kira and Philippa. Our little nieces who are like, I mean, I'm sure all your nieces and nephews and sons and daughters are really cute, but our nieces are cuter. They're I'm sorry, so guys. It's cute. like we can't show you because that would be weird because we don't know all of you. But if we could, we would because they're cute as They're so adorable. Yeah. Even Just take I... our word for it. They're cuter than your nieces and nephews. Even one of my friends while I was home visiting, um, one of my friends came over to the house and she was like, <laughs> she already has three kids and her yeah. youngest is a year and a half. Yeah. And she was like, oh, my gosh, she has the most beautiful little baby. She's like, cool. So I'm about to go home and Bud, her husband. Yeah. She's like, he's going to be thrilled because I'm going to go home and be like, I want another baby. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, <laughs> sorry, Bud. <laughs> my best friend in high school, her mom used to say, like, they'd be driving down the street. And Marty would just turn to them and go. And she's like, and she would just go, I'm so glad you kids weren't ugly. It's so much easier to love you. And, and Megan Ooh. would just be like, Marty. Or she'd Get be like, that. Mom. Or I, yeah, because we would hear that as Megan's friends and just be like, Marty. You can't say that. You can't say that. <laughs> See, I felt bad for my mom. Because apparently, according to my cousins, mm-hmm. I was the cutest little baby. And, yeah, and then, baby then, then what I've happened? Seen, right? <laughs> from baby pictures I've seen, I was like freaking adorable. How dare mm-hmm. you? But then... Puberty happened and like late elementary school, middle school. Mm-hmm. It's like, I don't know what's going on there. Oh, no, I was. So a- it's like, sorry, mom. You I was this adorable, cute, pretty little princess. And she's like, ah, I'm going to go play in the street with the boys. Let's do this. I had like a, a minor cute phase when I was a baby. And then I turned into this like little androgynous child that I had the I had like white blonde hair. It was a complete toe head, pale skinned, white blonde hair. We lived in Florida for a while, so my mom could always find us whenever we were out because she would just look for the whitest things she could find. And like, those are mine. Yep. But like bowl cut. And then I tried to grow out the bowl cut, the bowl cut. And um, I just looked like this like 90s little boy. And like I used to get yelled at by old women when I went to the bathroom. 
they were like, this is the women's room. And I'd be like, I know. I'm a girl. <laughs> I'm a girl. It sounds like we literally had the same childhood. Yeah, you're really. Why was that bowl cut throughout children? Because. So popular. Because. That fucking ice skater. That's why. You know who I'm talking Dorothy about? Dorothy Hamill? Yes. Yeah, or gymnastics. No, that, no, no, no. It was an ice skater. But then there was also There's the gymnast. There's also a gymnast. Um, Mary, Mary Lou Retton. Yes, the one yeah. who broke her ankle. No, different. Carrie Strug. Yeah, uh-huh, that one. Oh, for God's sake. She had the same haircut. They all had the same haircut. Swear to God, guys, this is a Star Wars podcast. <laughs> oh, Ooh. by the way, did we introduce ourselves? Oh, I'm Cassie. I'm Maggie. <laughs> <laughs> so sorry. And we're doing oh, fantastic. We drank on the balcony, guys. And then we... It's already, a beautiful day outside. Yeah, and then we go. already did this intro. And my yeah. computer went like haywire for a second so now we have to redo the intro so we don't know where where we are in this podcast literally anymore. no idea yeah this is great oh my god <laughs> we're doing fantastic it's fine. yeah we're doing we're, we're fine we're fine everything's fine we're doing great it's fine it's we fine, have had it's an appro- fine. we have had an appropriate amount of alcohol what to happened? record a show i don't know <laughs> do <laughs> oh you hurt your finger like okay <laughs> You guys can't see us. Cassie just showed me she has a little cut on her knuckle. And she's like, what it happened? It looks brand new, though. Like, yeah. what the hell? I have no idea what happened. So Cassie has a little cut on her knuckle. I have a wrist brace on because I tried to sit up in bed last night. My and neck still is a little sore from a yeah, couple weeks ago. I never lit- forget. I literally tried to sit up in bed and I put my left wrist down, but like on top of my knuckles. And then my hands slipped and I put all of my weight onto the back of my wrist. Oof. No. It didn't end well. Nope. Every, we're falling apart, guys. Our bodies are turning against us. This is 30s. <laughs> guys, life we're, in 30s. we're a fucking mess right now. How dare you? I'm drinking out of my Darth Vader mug. Life is fantastic. Ooh, Boba Fett mug and Boba Fett earrings. I'm like, what? I'm matching. Uh, Look at you go. Accidental matchy matchy. <gasps> Technically, I'm matching. I'm wearing a black shirt. Oh, for fuck's sake, really? <laughs> <laughs> in that case, I'm always matching with your mug. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Where were we? I have no fucking idea. Ah, hot take. <laughs> <laughs> we're doing great, guys. I'm, I, I swear, this is going to be a good episode. What are our hot takes for this week? Because we all know I did not come prepared, so you're going to yes. have to go. Okay, so <laughs> my hot take, as you guys all know, we, we had to predict the future in last week's episode. Yes. So I said that I was probably loving The Bad Batch, and um, spoiler alert, I'm absolutely loving the bad batch which is i i I find so ironic because when the bad batch first like were introduced in the clone wars i was kind of indifferent to them i they were a little kitschy for me it seemed a little like yeah the trailer was too kitschy for me yeah okay the trailer is good for the bad batch but i'm talking about like when they were introduced in Um, the clone Wars series mm -hmm. they were a little like oh they're clones with like superpowers Mm, one of the like one and like their leader is very Every time I see him, all I can think of is Rambo. Yo, yeah. But I like I was texting you during the opening. You of were, the, and I was like, and I like I was texting on. Cassie. Holy shit! I wasn't ready. I thought I was ready. I was not ready, guys. I was not prepared. Well, for... I was watching a soccer match where where it was snowing in England. I was like, what is happening right now? Nobody watches soccer matches. How dare you? My family loves soccer. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> Those men are beautiful, okay? That's the whole That's reason true. I watch. <laughs> That's why I watch baseball. Uh, 
Hi, welcome to our podcast where we objectify men. Oh, God. What's oh, up? Oh, God, we're the worst. Okay. Um. Anyway. Yeah, but I was not prepared. Bad Batch starts immediately at Order 66, which I was like, oh. Like, listen, I think you just wiped mascara down, like, too direct. Yeah, I probably did. I, I'm using a new <laughs> mascara because my other one was out, but I was given free mascara. Oh, yeah, no, So I refused to buy more until it runs but out. I was impressed with how, like, symmetrically you, you pulled that down. Yeah, yeah it, it look, it, it, I thought you, for a second, I, I, I was looking at you, you like, did you, did you do that intentionally? No. Because it was very impressive. Um, What was I saying? The Bad Batch picks up right yes. at Order 66. Order 66, we get baby Kanan Jarrus, a.k.a. baby Caleb Doom. Like, I just, I was not, you don't know who that is, no. but I... Is that the bad bitch? No. <laughs> Can you do me a favor? Every episode you watch, you have to pick a bad bitch. Because I'm still mad that it's not the bad I, bitch. Yeah, I, I just, I, I, like, my, I mean, my whole hot take is... Holy shit, whatever kind of award you can get D. Bradley Baker, give it to him. The voice actor oh. who plays, who has played the clone since the Clone Wars. He plays the entire Bad Batch. So there are literal scenes. He voices all of them. All of them. That's awesome. I it is incredible to think that, like, literally, I'm watching scenes where a man is just having a conversation with himself. And so everyone quarantine. <laughs> everyone has a completely distinct character, a distinct it's he is phenomenal. I like like as a voice actor, like my mind. Say, so he's like who every voice actor like strives oh, to be. My God. That's cool. Holy shit. Like I can't wrap my head around how good he is in this. And that like there are scenes where it is only the Bad Batch or the Bad Batch talking to other clones who are also D. Bradley Baker. That's cool. And everyone has a clear point of view, a clear objective in their seat. Like you can tell each character has such a thought to them. Like how much work this man had to put in. Oh my God. Like, like I've talked about how like the 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 voice actors in the Clone Wars, the ones that are playing characters like Obi Wan Kenobi, Padme, Anakin Skywalker, how good they are, and and Mace Windu, how good they are at at Mimicking. impression at, at yeah. doing impressions mm-hmm. while acting. Yeah, Dee Bradley Baker is having full on conversations with himself. <laughs> it's incredible. Like so, yes, Dee Bradley Baker is my hero. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Yes, my hot take of the week. Guys, guys, listen, come, come close. Children, children, rebels, come close. <laughs> Mr. Hamill. Mr. Mark Hamill himself is on TikTok. Oh, my Facts. God. It's the happened. Cutest thing. It has happened. And his first, and from what I've seen, only one no, that he's no, done so I far. I sent you one that he he like duetted someone. He did another. Yeah. I did not see that. Yeah, I didn't. told you. I said I got a ton of notifications on the way over here. I'm assuming they're you. Yes. I did not watch. I any did of send them. you one. <laughs> um. So his very first one was with his dog. Oh, it's so, so cute. cute. But just oh my god, watching the Star Wars like TikTok fan base oh, collectively lose their shit and become little kids was one of the cutest things I've ever seen. It's gonna be amazing. Like I'm all so of the, like all of these creators that like I just see pop up all the time on my for you page who are like you know so confident when they talk about it and they're like Mark Hamill's on Mark Hamill's on TikTok guys Dad's here what Hi Mark <laughs> Hey Mark Hey Mark 
I just want to say thank you so much. It's the it's so adorable. I'm excited because TikTok yeah. can be one of my favorite parts about getting on the app mm-hmm. and quarantine. I don't really know if I've talked about it a bunch on here yet or not. But I know, like, I'm the first one to joke around saying, yes, I'm a 30-year-old on TikTok. Um, but one well, of my... I'm on TikTok because you made me. 100%. You're welcome. <laughs> so, one of my favorite things becoming a creator this summer and this year, especially an actor out of work in a pandemic. Yeah. One of the things I loved about TikTok is the communities that it has created. Yeah. And the fact that it is nothing but positivity. Like, for the most part, from what I see, at least, I thoroughly, especially on my TikToks, yeah. you know, because you see only once did I maybe have, like, a controversial argument on something. Oh, yeah, and for I jumped in part, on that. Right? <laughs> for the most part, it's people are so supportive. It's such a community. Yeah. I've made friends. I have, like, mm. friends on TikTok who I've never even met from yeah. across the country, see, across the globe. I think... And so I'm excited to see Mark Hamill's already such an amazing like fan base actor oh, on yeah. Twitter and he's Instagram. just such a gem. Yeah, that I'm excited for like what TikTok is and the platform of what yeah. TikTok is. He, this is just an, another opportunity for him to engage even more well, with one fans. Of, one of the ones that I sent you was this guy in like he had his Jedi robes and he was lip syncing to something from the offense like do you want to make an alliance? Yes. And Mark Jim and Dwight. so yeah, so he's lip syncing that Mark Hamill duets him. And with the, absolutely, I do. And I mean, like watching that, you, you, like you watch that and just and think of of the the guy who made that. Just seeing that, and that warms my heart to know that somebody had that moment. If I were that creator, my very next TikTok would be. I would Here fucking cry. Body uh, deceased, <laughs> deceased. Oh my god! If I if I saw something like that, that Mark Hamill just like randomly found it, or or any any person that I admire like that, I would probably break down and sob like Absolutely. a little bitch. Absolutely, like the little bitch that I am. Hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, thousand percent. Oh my god. Yeah, it's adorable. I love it. It makes me so happy. No, the cutest. Is- my heart. He's a gem. So very much. And the especially... only other part of TikTok that has made me feel that way mm-hmm. is when the stars of Out of the Box came oh, on to TikTok. Oh, that was really sweet. It's a child again. I was like, ooh! <laughs> <laughs> He's over here singing the song and then they do it at each other. You guys have an age of bit in 20 years. Good talk. <laughs> like, See, cool. I, I love how you talk about TikTok as being like such a community and everything, but I am such a like messy like drama whore. That I you I love strive. it. You love your internet drama. I live for internet drama. Not like, me. and we were we were talking about this because I've had multiple men, and where Cassidy hasn't had this happen to her, but where I've like spoken to people and mentioned that we have a, a Star Wars podcast, and then I've had this happen multiple times, and it's only with men who do this, mm-hmm. where they're like, oh well, if you need an expert on your show, I'm more than willing to come on and be an expert. And I'm like, um... Bold of you to assume you're not an expert. Wow, rude. Okay, well, first off, I will never claim to know everything about Star Yeah, but Wars. your research skills are on point. Yeah, so, I guess on. I... Like, to be fair, guys, I probably... If, if you're coming here to, like, learn shit, I probably learn as much as everyone else does each yeah. week. And I do this because it's fun for me. 100%. Sometimes it's not fun for me, um, like when it comes to Palpatine shit. Palpatine. <laughs> Never forget. But, Never but forget. I, but I love learning about this shit. I like that's the way my mind works, and so I will. I will always 
dive a little bit deeper than I need to. Like my notes are probably like six pages long this week and chances are I'm not going to read everything on my notes, Mm -hmm. but it's there for me. I get to learn as much as you guys, but don't, don't invite yourself on my fucking show. Like our show is our show. There are only two people in this world who can invite, who can invite guests on this show. And it's me and Cassie. Not some random fucking dude that I've known for five minutes who decides he's going to invite himself on the show. Go fuck yourself. Because you need an expert. No, I, we don't fuck need off. a fucking expert. Also, so fun fact to our yeah. listeners, and I'm wondering if some of you are thinking this too. I pointed out to Maggie too. I was like, yeah, this doesn't really happen to me. But at the same time, Maggie, love you, mean it. You did this to yourself. You put into the universe, <laughs> and you said it on the podcast so many times, you wanted fanboys yeah, to come after on you. on the internet. Well, you needed to be more clear. Okay, that, I so will. So the universe I will, delivered. Okay, I will. She's I will. Delivering okay, no, no, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> I will take full responsibility for that. I was right. not specific. And All right. as we learned on your birthday, when you had to dance on a table to Britney Spears' Lucky, when you said, I will dance on a table to the next Britney Spears song, You're and the next- welcome. <laughs> Okay, so Cassie said on her birthday, she's like, the next Britney Spears song that plays, I will get up on this table and I will dance to it. And the next Britney Spears song that came on was Lucky. And I was like, don't make blanket statements. I'm eating my own words. Yeah. Guys, yeah. I'm this eating my own words. Because and also, you know, to you be fair, take my advice from that. So when that happens, you do an interpretive dance. You did it twice. So, yeah. The welcome. second time was the the second time was was totally my fault though. I vaguely remember. Uh, the second time it played, because you told, oh, what's her name? The bartender from the whiskey. Sarah. Sarah, yeah. You told Sarah, put on a Britney Spears song, and Sarah started to walk away, and she passed me, and I was like, put on Lucky. Um, I did that to you. Um, <laughs> but I love but, that song. So yeah. the next time a fanboy approaches you, do an interpretive dance to whatever he's saying. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I took the situation. But, I mean, just, I just guys. Girls can be fans of Star Wars, too, and they don't need your input on it. And if you're going to attack Maggie, she would prefer you do it over the internet. I really would. (laughs) I am a keyboard warrior. I will cry in person. (laughs) I am weak in person. But that, over to be th- fair, that's because half of the time we get so angry and frustrated, we just start crying. Yes, and like, I, I, I cry when I'm, I'm trying mad. not to kill you. I cry when I'm mad. Facts. Oh, okay. So pause for an ad for this lovely podcast you guys decided to join in on. I hope you're having a good time. Sorry we drank before we recorded this. I'm not I have sorry. To pee. Do your thing, girl. <laughs> Where's the... I think this is a better intro than the one we had before. I think so, too. And we're back. Okay. Okay. So this week, just inspired by the fact that I had a man invite himself on our show and like kind of question my like fandom in Star Wars. And like I've been seeing I've been seeing some more things about because I I do actively search out some of these things to see what people think. Mm-hmm. Um about uh, people talking about Ray and Rose and hold on, like about female characters in Star Wars and how just the 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 hate that comes along with them and I do search this out guys so like this this is my own doing partially um which is nuts because anytime I mention that I'm a part of a woman run Star Wars podcast 
they're always like, oh, that's amazing. That's awesome. And it makes sense. And they're like, yeah, why wouldn't women be Star Wars fans? Have you seen the women they write into the movies? Yeah. And the show, like, come on. But but also, last week, um, I watched on Hulu uh, a movie called Shadow in the Clouds. And it's this, like, World War II movie. But it's there. It's a. It, it is very much almost like an action movie, and the main protagonist, who is written like full action hero, is a woman, and she. But she is very much written through the female gaze, mm-hmm. and there are parts of the movie that kind of started to get on my nerves, and I started to wonder, like, is this internalized misogyny for me? The movie is not the best movie I've ever seen. It was fun. I would, I would probably be willing to watch it again. Yeah, I remember it was so funny. You sent me this like review of what you thought in the movie, which is not a good review. And then you were no, like, you should watch it. No, you just told me it was I, not I a good movie. I, th- I thought it was very interesting because they leaned so far into the female gaze. Yeah. That it's something I hadn't seen before. Okay. But also on that same note, to, to think of a movie that is so very much a, like very feminist, they're... It's this very small cast. It was filmed during COVID. Okay. But there's only one woman in the movie. Interesting. Um, but it's very much written through that that gaze. Like, I mean, it literally ends. Uh, spoiler alert, if you don't want to know what happens in this movie. I'm not going to give away too much. I'm just going to give away, like, the last shot of this movie. If you don't want to know it, skip ahead, like, ten seconds. <laughs> um, starting now. The last shot of the movie is literally her breastfeeding a baby. Oh. It is so through the Weird. female gaze. It, well, yeah, it makes sense within the movie. Um, okay. I was like, that's so random. But but she goes full action hero. And it's it's really cool to see a woman in that context. But then it started to make me think about how women are portrayed in, in media in general. And that led me to think about how they're portrayed in Star Wars and how we, and the representation we get of female heroines in Star Wars. And... Like how people react to them, how we react to them, how the just the the whole the whole shebang, guys. Yeah. And so that's where this whole episode came from. Got it. Um. So that let me. So we're we're basically um this week we're really only looking at the at female representation in the Skywalker saga in the movies. In the movies, yeah, because Got the TV it. shows have done a really great job of fixing a lot of the problems mm-hmm. that have happened, but. For someone like for for you, I would not be able to talk on that. <laughs> you would not be able to talk on that, and I I think that like every every form of Star Wars fan is valid. Yeah, how you like Star Wars is valid. So the fact that you know you really only go for the movies and like the Mandalorian and the live action, yeah, and the live action stuff, you miss out on a lot of stuff. And so, where am I going with this? Uh-huh. I brain farted. No idea. Sorry, guys. Um. So I really wanted to explore just from that perspective in the Skywalker saga of female heroines and yeah. how they're represented, how they're portrayed. And so that led me back to there's, there's an article that came out in 2007. It's uh, Andrew Summers wrote an article called The Complex and Terrifying Reality of Star Wars Fandom. And basically, this article starts with Star Wars fans hate Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And then... They go on to talk about how there are a million different failures and downfalls, and yet somehow we're able to see perfection. And the article really ends, like, the part of the end of the article ends on this note of, Every true Star Wars fan is Luke Skywalker looking at his twisted, evil father and somehow seeing good. Yes. 
that we are looking at something that is imperfect. It's also how we all look at Darth Vader. Yeah, it's it's all it's all very imperfect. It's but we see the potential in you Star Wars. You find your hope, you find your light. Exactly. And that's all that's essentially what Star Wars is about and so I ended up this week reading a PhD dissertation mm-hmm. which I never anticipated doing on this right. show. But it was a wonderful read. If you have a lot of free time and you're interested, it's Rebecca S. Morgan's dissertation, Reifying a New Heroine, Interrogating the Curriculum of Femininity in Star Wars. Mm -hmm. Wonderful read. And one of the things she goes on to talk about in this dissertation is that representation matters, especially for young girls. And I added this just for myself when thinking about it and people of color. Mm -hmm. Um, But representation representation matters because it represents a possible self that they might become outside of stereotypical gender norms. Facts. And especially now that like you have a very young niece. I have a very young niece that we have these very young soon like who will one day be women in our Mm -hmm. lives. And I want them to see the possibility of their potential. Yeah. And so the way female characters progress in media I want them to see themselves. I want them to see everything they could be. I want to see not just a wife or mother. If they want to be that, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But that there are more options than that. That they get to choose the life that they want. 100%. So I want to like jump in. We're going to look at Leia, Padme, Rey, and then we're also going to look a little bit at Holdo and Rose. Mm-hmm. And those are the those are the women I really want to like focus on this week. Um so Leia in the original trilogy. So Leia begins the original trilogy as a leader in the rebellion, but she goes through each film her role seems to diminish and she goes from basically a leader to a love interest. Mm. Like she she kind of just diminishes and diminishes in each film. And it's a little irritating to see. Like, the the first interaction that we have, like, of another character really talking about Leia is Luke seeing that um, message on R2-D2. Yeah. And he immediately objectifies her. Yeah. The first thing he says is, oh, she's beautiful. And, like, he wants to rescue her because she's a beautiful princess. hmm And so, like... Well, I mean, once you see the full message, she's not even asking to be rescued. I was going to say, hey, and like, then she comes in and she's like, joke's on you. Not only yeah. do I have a mind of my own, but I'm going to tell you what the fuck to do because you guys are idiots. Yeah. And so she starts <laughs> off in A New Hope as such a really strong, strong character with she has her own mindset, her own way of thinking. She's willing to stand she up fights for her. back. She fights back. But mm-hmm. see, the pro- like what happens throughout the entire original trilogy, every time she fights back in those moments, she's shut down by a man. Which is but- why you and I kind of had a little bit of this conversation earlier, mm-hmm. which is why, like, even though, and Carrie Fisher has even made a joke about it, yeah. too, George Lucas wanted to further sexualize and objectify yeah. Princess Leia. Leia then turned around and said, joke's on you, I'm going to kill this motherfucker. Yeah. Like, Which, and she did. Yeah, so she's not, she's not a complete, she's obviously not a complete damsel in distress. She no. She's obviously a more, for that time period, a more progressive female heroine, but she still doesn't quite get to the no. point that if we look at it through today's lens, she's not fully there as a progressive heroine no. because we get these moments where she, she fights back a little bit and she's immediately shut down with your worshipfulness, princess, sweetheart. 
Like, you want to go back in your cell. Massive eye roll. Yeah, and, like, to that, it's every time she stands up for herself a little bit, she shuts down. And that's very true of the time period. Mm. Where she's a loud, outspoken woman who every time she says something, she's mocked. Yeah. And... And even though throughout the, the times in A New Hope and Return of the Jedi, where she is put in that damsel in distress trope, she does technically rescue herself, but she still needs someone to open the door for her. Mm-hmm. She still needs someone to cause the distraction. So she can't fully rescue herself within this world uh, without some outside help. And it's it's better than what we had prior to this, but it's still not 100% there in great representation of a strong woman. Mm-hmm. And obviously they did a great job in the sequel trilogy yeah, pushing her up more. So yeah. I don't know if I should say to play mm. devil's advocate or mm. what I should say here. Yeah. So thinking on that mm-hmm. and that point that you're making that she's still like, she's trying she, to find her way out of a situation, yeah. but she still needs a little help. Yeah. To me, that's almost like a really good overall theme that it's okay to ask for help. Yeah. As in, Han got frozen in carbonite. He couldn't rescue himself. He had to get help. No, that's true. So I'm not trying to like, sub- like um, uh, what's the word? Uh, like push aside. What's the word? Dismiss. Dismiss. Oh my <gasps> god. I'm so Ooh. sorry. Okay. So I'm not yeah. trying to dismiss. Oh yeah. No, no, no. An, empo- an empowering woman. But I'm also saying that in that instance, mm-hmm. um, the men had it too. Yeah. No, I don't. Dis- I don't dis- help to get rescued. I don't disagree. Luke still with- needed help to get rescued. Like everyone. I don't still disagree help. with you on on that sense. But when it comes to just looking at it like through the overall trope mm-hmm. of that, is it's not far away enough from that trope of damsel in distress for me to fully discount her I see what as I mean. one. But and I also why... start but I also start to wonder if we have especially with things like with Leia in this damsel in distress trope and how she does rescue herself because she does but she doesn't fully rescue herself. If we have just taken back all this shit when it comes to stuff like that or the or mm-hmm. the the um the gold bikini, which we've now taken back as the Hut Slayer outfit. Are we reclaiming this stuff and saying, nope, we're going to turn it on its head. This is ours. You can't. Uh uh-uh. We'll see. And to me, we take it back by yeah. when that that scene in particular happens. Mm-hmm. Leia is the one who kills Jabba. No, absolutely. So that to me yeah. is like. So she doesn't fall. She does not fall into that trope. She yeah. she makes her own choice. She she's she, the one who's like. Yeah. So I'm this. I am definitely not arguing that she is a full damsel in distress. Yeah. I'm saying that she teeters on the edge of that trope. Got it. In this, um, but. Uh, but then we get to the end of New Hope, and Luke and Han receive medals for their heroics presented by Leia, the third member of that heroic team. Like it's it's what? Yeah. She also she's the reason all of this happened. And she's yeah. the one presenting the medals. And then if you jump ahead to the Empire Strikes Back, you have that whole scene on the Millennium Falcon that basically, as I have started referring to it as the no means yes scene. Mm-hmm. Where she is constantly telling him no, but oh, he's just so handsome. Oh, he's just so charming. Yeah. 
that she's won over by this. And then there, obviously the gold bikini. Yeah. It, it's not, a, it's not a, it is not the worst representation of women in Star Wars. No, the prequels are. <laughs> oh yeah, so we're getting jump, into that. Getting into that. Padme uh, was done so dirty. Padme was done so dirty. She starts Carrie so... Fisher paved the way, and then they said uh, no. And they were like, no, women. this is how women should be. So Padme starts so strong in the Phantom Menace. She's not an object of sexual desire. She is fully clothed. She She's plays in... an undercover agent, yeah, basically. She... She's fully clothed. She's not sexualized. She is an intelligent, capable. She's cl- she has a clear motivation throughout the Phantom Menace: protect her people and preserve democracy. Yeah. Like she commands in mm-hmm. that first film, and she is a young fourteen-year-old girl giving orders. Like by the end of that movie, she is giving orders to an army with Jedi generals, a, basically a group of adult male leaders listening to her. Without questioning her. Yeah. And that she's she's empowering in that movie. What a great jumping point if they had kept on that track. But then we get to the second movie and it all goes downhill. Like Attack of the Clones, she becomes fully more sexualized. Her hair becomes, it's very like down and flowy. You like all of a sudden we're seeing more form feeding form fitting dresses, the low back. Her shirt gets ripped, not even in a practical way. Yeah, <laughs> like, like her shirt gets ripped. And the next thing you know, we're like, oh, so we're wearing a crop top. Yeah, it's like oh, okay, what? <laughs> she's sure. wearing all white. Oh god, and gets cut across her back, but there is no blood on her all white outfit. And now we have to show her entire stomach, even though she got cut across <laughs> her back. Also, okay. we ha- this is where we start to get into, like, Anakin's obsession with Padme. Yeah. He talks about it that he's in agony. He can't breathe. Like, she caught, co- like, she were, basically, they're implying that she causes him to fall to the dark side. That it's her fault that he does. Of course. Because he's so in love with her. Like, that's not love. That's infatuation. 100%. And at this point, we start to see Padme, who had such strong morals in The Phantom Menace, she immediately starts compromising her morals that have been established, very clearly established in the previous movie. She compromises them for a man, which makes no fucking sense. I know, but that the other part that like pisses me off about that whole thing is like, while she is the first one to escape from those pillars that they're chained mm-hmm. to, like while Obi-Wan and Anakin are fighting yeah. and then she's actually like doing something yeah. about it. Um, the next thing we see... like, oh, she doesn't need help. Like The next thing we see is still Anakin then, like, riding on that animal with her. And then when she... Oh, when she jumps off the thing and lands on her crotch, but it's not hurt at all. Right. Yeah, like, I'm sorry, that's not realistic, guys. And then when... That would hurt. She (laughs) falls out of the aircraft Mm -hmm. onto the sand. Yeah. And they just have her lay there. Yeah. She doesn't even get up and, like, help herself or, like, get out of the situation. They just have her lay there, like, helpless. Yeah. Like, fuck you. It's It seems like throughout Attack of the Clones, the closer she gets to Anakin, the more she loses her voice. She is more, re- she keeps getting more and more removed from politics. She keeps, she just no longer has a purpose other than Anakin. Yeah. And it's very irritating. It's so irritating to see. It, like, she becomes so passive in this movie and excuses Anakin's behavior when he, like, he admits that he killed the sand people, the men, the women, and the, the children, the, too. The children, too. <laughs> and she's like, mm, you're having a bad day. Maybe don't do that. <laughs> like, 
like, oh, he just had a bad day. No, no, he didn't just have a bad day. He killed an entire village of people. Yeah, not to say these people did something good, but... Please don't kill them. You're not supposed to just go kill people. And then by the time we get to Revenge of the Sith, Padme seems to exist solely to interact with Anakin. Oh, literally. She's literally standing there in pearls and prom hair. We've already talked about this. I on the won't pod get over so it. Times. I won't let it go. She just and oh, it's, it's ridiculous, oh, and I don't it's like just it. So disrespectful. Yeah, and so disrespectful to Padme and everything. It's disrespectful to Luke and Leia's mom. It's How dis- dare you? Respectful to just women in general. Facts. Our hair cannot go from cur- <laughs> from straight to prom hair when also, we go to bed. Also, when we're pregnant, we don't just. Stand around our home and do nothing. Like no. you can still fly. My volleyball coach we taught go get milkshakes. Us- that too. Yeah. <laughs> um. My volleyball coach full on coached us through her pregnancy, yeah. through volleyball camp in the south in the heat. My- like pregnant women are still like they can still do shit. My Calm dance down. teacher in college <laughs> taught through two semesters up until she was nine months pregnant, teaching like. Jazz, tap, ballet. Absolutely. Like, I saw Audrey McDonald kick her face the five months pregnant yeah. on the Broadway stage. Fuck off. Pregnant women can't you. do anything. God. But at this point, when like we get to that, when we get to Revenge of the Sith, she she basically becomes delusional, saying that she can by the end of this on most of our, she's saying that she can forgive him for murdering younglings. And she says, Come away with me, help me raise our child. He killed children padme sometimes you have to let him go but 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 remember he ensured justice <laughs> peace no what is it <laughs> help me out it's my pickup line of the summer i need to get this right he ensured i can't i can't even justice peace to his empire <laughs> yeah okay okay oh my god he but played even the floor is lava even, for her. Even when we get to, like, right before the floor is lava fight, <laughs> she is essentially in that scene. She's become nothing more than an object to Anakin. That if he can't have her, no one else can. To the point that he force chokes her and then throws her aside. And Obi-Wan is no, is, is, is not innocent in this. No, He also not. treats her as an object. He does. In this moment where he chooses to go off and, like, fight his bro on some lava instead of helping the pregnant woman that just got fucking choked out. Like, to be fair, he might have been a little confused because I could have been, like, something that they do, so. <laughs> and then she dies because <sighs> she's sad. Because she's sad. They did Padme so dirty. So dirty. Like this. I remember being a kid watching those movies and being like, this is not who I watched Leia be in the original trilogy. No. Like you just told she women, falls- here's an empowering woman that you've looked up to for years. We're going to put another one in these prequels for you. Her mother, we're, by the way. We're going to, we're going to build her and up take in this all that first, from you. We're going to build her up in this first one. Make you really admire her because I remember being like, cause it was 1999 when that movie came yeah. out. I was, saw that in the theaters. I was like undercover agent. I was like what 12 years old maybe when that movie came out Mm -hmm. and I saw it in the theater and like oh my god I want to be Padme. Yes. That was like I want to dress up as her 
I want to be her. And then Attack of the Clones came out and I was like, mm, never mind. Huh. <laughs> Maybe not. And then Revenge of the Sith came out and I was like, huh. <laughs> like the my fuck just happened. Yeah. I, I mean, it I is know. it is totally headcanon to me now that Padme's life force was sucked out so that Anakin could live. They still did her so fucking but dirty. But it still did her so fucking dirty because that's the only way I can excuse the fact that yeah. she died because she was sad. I would have died so many times if I died every time I got sad. Girl, who are you telling? Yeah. <laughs> like, absolutely. Right. All right, so let's jump ahead to the sequel trilogy. And I'm going to state this. Love the female characters, hate the female characters in the sequel trilogy. I don't care. These are my opinions, but I'm going to I'm going to state them like facts because y'all get to state your opinions like facts. So so do I, bitches. No. OK, so through Ray, we get a wonderful representation of modern femininity. Yes. She embraces. Finally. She embraces both her feminine and masculine side. And she is. I don't care if you fucking hate her. She is a great example of a modern female heroine. You. She is strong, decisive, she chooses her own identity, and she does all of these things on her own. Her journey is not influenced by a man. Yeah. You can you can possibly argue that Ben Solo or Kylo Ren does influence her journey slightly, but she can still have the same journey without that interaction with him. 100%. Is that her is that her interaction with him and her relationship to him is not necessary? For her journey to happen. No. Which is why I am okay she with Julietted it. She Julietted his ass. I will bring that up every single time. I will absolutely bring that up every single time. So one of the first moments we really get with Ray, where she's actually like speaking and not just having her like scavenger moments where we're establishing mm-hmm. that she can do shit. Yeah. Independent woman. Independent woman. She can do shit. Is in The Force Awakens when Finn goes to grab her hand when these stormtroopers come down onto Jakku and he goes to grab her hand and run and she confidently tells him, I know how to run without you holding my hand. And then she leads them to safety. To me, that was written in. I love that moment so much. And to Mm -hmm. me, that reflects what we just talked about. To me, that shows, okay, the last trilogy we gave you were the prequels. We done fucked up. Sorry, we fucked up with the women. We're going to make it right. And her specifically saying that line is them now saying, we see you. We know that you're your own person and can have your own adventure. Here you go. I I, I loved what Rebecca S. Morgan said in her dissertation about this. She said, her statement carries weight for an entire generation of female viewers who have watched film after film depicting otherwise. Yes, exactly. 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 Like we have, we have seen so many movies where a man grabs a woman hand and pulls her to safety. Yeah, this I know. Her calling out, yeah, don't fucking touch you know me. This, this is this is a <laughs> this is generations of women calling out this nonsense, saying, "I know how to run." Yeah, yep, yeah. Bad guys behind us. We go forward. Cool, <laughs> I can do that. <laughs> I know how to run. Don't fucking yeah. touch me. That's the biggest thing there for and me. I, I also really appreciate that rather than letting her legacy dictate her destiny. Ray forms her own legacy and she forms her own family. So regardless of because you and I disagree on whether or not we like Ray as being a descendant of Palpatine. Mm-hmm. Regardless of that, the statement still holds true. She 
she creates her own legacy, regardless of what was given to her, if she's nobody or if she's a Palpatine. She chooses what she wants her legacy to be. I mean, that's basically what my episode was all about anyway. My whole episode was about the fact that if she's a Palpatine, she chose her own destiny. Exactly. So The blood of the coven is thicker than the water of the womb. Most people don't understand that when they say blood is thicker than water. It's the blood of the coven is thicker than the water of the womb. You choose your own family. Did you not know that? No, I have like no idea what you're talking about. But I like, and I'm just worried that you've like summoned things in my bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I talked about it on my episode. Did I not? You might have. I drink a lot. <laughs> anyway, continue. So, but basically, like when Ray ends up in positions that she that could cause her to fall into that damsel in distress trope, she rescues herself. Mm-hmm. But also, the thing that I really love about how they play this damsel in distress trope with Ray is that while she doesn't need rescuing, her friends still show up to rescue her, which exactly. proves to her that she is worthy of being rescued. And and I heard somebody talk about this, about why women, as much as we hate the damsel in distress trope, we also love the, the damsel in distress trope, not because we feel that we need to be rescued, but because we want to know that we're worthy of being rescued. I don't need anyone to rescue me, but I want to know that you would if I needed you Absolutely. to. And that's, I, I, I love how that was explained. And I Absolutely. wish I could remember who said that's that. That's how um, a lot of things that I've been seeing recently, and I love this viewpoint of it, modern romanticism. Yeah. And like modern, like. I think there's somebody talking about romance books on like TikTok. That makes sense. brought it up. Um, but like modern romanticism is that um, we as women, like. We Half don't... of the stories that I love, it's yeah. not that we need you. It's not that I'm looking for my soulmate because I need it. No, no, I can do all this shit by myself. Yeah. Like us, indep- especially like independent, strong women. Yeah. If you are with an independent, strong woman, you should be absolutely like, I don't know if flattered is the right word or mm. just like grateful or whatever over the fact that you that you have an independent, strong woman in your life because she does not need you. She wants you. Yeah. She chose you. But I, I do I do love that idea with the damsel in distress trope, especially of I don't need to be rescued, but I like knowing that I'm worthy of you attempting to rescue me. 100%. But I don't need you to do it. Also, the fact that Rey can oppose Kylo Ren, she is very capable of standing up to him, of being just as strong as he is. But... She still shows him empathy. And that really is where we start to see like her very, a lot of femininity coming through is that I can fight you, but I can be compassionate. And that is one thing that we don't see from a lot of male heroes is that ability to fight and empathize. 100%. Um, The things about her that are feminine make her stronger. Like all of these emotions that she has, Ray very much feels things. She is essentially the opposite of Anakin. She's Pisces. Mm-hmm. Okay, <laughs> you, you know I don't understand this astrology shit. Um, but basically, all of these things that made Anakin "quote unquote" weak make Ray strong. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Um, okay, so we were originally gonna try and like get all of these badass bitches in one episode and but there's so many of them there's so many and there's so much to talk about with them and we want to do them justice and we've decided to make this a two-parter which means i can fully expand more on these other beautiful ladies and 
Sorry, I'm doing great. Pause to burp. <laughs> Me, half the time. Um, so next week we are going to be back. We are going to finish up this discussion probably a little bit more sober than we did this week. No promises. I might be a little bit more so. I should be a little bit more sober. Uh, but we're going to talk about Holdo, Rostico, and General Organa and next week because we realized that there's just so much to cover. Yeah, because we... Thank God. Like, whole dang. I didn't realize how long we had talked for. Okay, to be fair, you had six pages of notes. When you yeah. told me that, I was like, this smells like a soup partner. <laughs> I was like, I don't know if Maggie knows I got knows you a it. caravan of courage. With 10 pages of notes. It's because that movie was about nothing. <laughs> that movie was about everything. Chuck a truck deserved better. <laughs> Justice okay. for Chuck a truck. I'm not over it, guys. I'm still not over it. That movie changed me. I know you're not. I'll never be the same. It's fine. Anyway. Anywho. So next week we're gonna dive into Two. more of these women and the, the representation trilogy. and how um femininity and um just <laughs> overall representation of women and how we are viewed in society is reflected well, in these movies a, lo- a lot about how pop culture influences society and society inter- influences pop culture and if somebody breaks the mold in pop culture it does influence society and how we view women and that's Taylor what Swift. we need yes absolutely. thank you t-swizzle Love you. Mean it. I'm so glad you're calling her that now. Oh, I've been I've been calling her that since I worked at Gingerman. Yes. Oh my god, love. Mm. Um Yeah, but we 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 love you guys. Love you so much. Don't take shit from men. Yeah, be a Hermione. Don't take shit from men. Hi! Learned it in there. Ah! Almost! Ah! Where without And I was like, God, I gotta do it somewhere. Be a Hermione and lead your own troop. God, if it weren't for her, they would have died in book one. We all know this. We all know this. (laughs) No, they definitely would have. Just like in Star Wars. If it weren't for Leia, they probably would have died in the trash compactor. If it weren't for Leia, we wouldn't have Star Wars. Facts. On facts. On facts. On facts. (laughs) Very true. All right, guys. We love you. Mean it. Love you so much. Um, Have a great week. Be safe. Wash your hands. The CDC says you can not wear masks anymore, but, you know, wear them in businesses if they ask you to. Wear them anyway or else you might be mistaken for a Republican. Yeah. <laughs> Get a mask chain. It's the okay, best thing you. ever. Y'all. Yes. Okay. Love you, mean it. Bye. Bye.